Life Audio. Coming up on Encouragement for You, co-host and author Mike Sonnefeld on Getting Unstuck. And Dr. Frank Menrith talks about the Bible, behavior, and brain chemistry. Welcome to the Encouragement for You podcast, brought to you by Encouragement Communications in association with the Salem Web Network and is part of the Life Audio Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit lifeaudio.com. In just a moment, your host, Don Hawkins, will introduce today's episode. First, a word from our sponsors. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening, who should call right now? Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. So how are you doing with your New Year's resolutions? If you're like many of us, you haven't been totally successful in keeping them. Mike Sonnefeld is the co-host of the Self-Evident Podcast, and he joins Encouragement for You host, Don Hawkins, to talk about how to get unstuck from unfulfilled New Year's resolutions. Mike, I want to come back to this thing of uh, making New Year's resolutions and somehow discovering they've literally disappeared into the rearview mirror by the middle of January. How common is that? (laughs) Right. And I think some sometimes the resolution gets a bad rap. I was talking to a group of men actually this morning, funny enough, and one of the things that I was saying is, okay, 2023 is done, and so now we're in 2024 and we've just started. This is the perfect time for us to shed off some old things, right? If If there's some things we need to die to, now is the time to do it. And... I think sometimes people get a little skittish about a resolution because, yeah. frankly, when we set resolutions, we tend to we swing for the rafters. We, yes. we decide we're going to change everything possible in our life, and that's just not sustainable. And it's, it's something that I think if somebody could really sit with the Lord and say, okay, Lord, what, what's one thing you want me to focus on with you? to transform and and do it one thing at a time or one step at a time. You know, Mike, sometimes I like to recommend to people that instead of making that lengthy to-do list at the beginning of the year in connection with those resolutions, maybe the best thing to do is to make a to-don't list. Don't know if you've ever heard of that or not. 
<laughs> no, I haven't. I like that. <laughs> it kind of fits in with what you're suggesting, what you're recommending there. And and because sometimes we do tend to bite off more than we can chew. That's been something that I've had to deal with from time to time. Uh, I started a project of cleaning out my office on Friday, and I thought I could do it in half a day. What I discovered is it took me almost a whole day to clean out half the office, and I still have the rest of that project to do. I don't know if you've ever been in that situation. Right. Oh, absolutely. I All the time. Because I, I like to say that uh, my eyes are bigger than my stomach, especially when it comes to getting things done. So yes. Last year, I, I, I did not follow my own advice last year, and I set too many resolutions, and several of them died out real quickly. So I won't make that mistake again this year. Well, and I think that's important. And some of you are struggling with that already. You've set down those resolutions and you have good intentions. And this is a very common thing. And you would think we as Christians wouldn't have trouble with that. Uh, But Christians struggle in this kind of area as well, wouldn't you say? Amen. Absolutely. I mean, we're still growing, right? We're, We're on this journey. The Lord's leading us. We're growing. We're changing. We're transforming day to day, um, and and so there's always something. And honestly, it's it becomes a fun journey. It's it's so much fun to walk with the Lord and grow each day. And then you can look back and see how much He's transformed you over the years or the decades. And so I I look forward to knowing I'm not going to be the same person five years from now that I was, you know, today. So maybe the goals need to be in the area of growth. And you identified from that passage in First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, uh, our whole being, spirit and soul and body. And by the way, I like the order that Paul put those in. That I think the spiritual is the place to start. But uh, maybe uh, to evaluate and maybe to have a goal in each one of those areas, uh, would that be a workable appro- approach, a strategy at this point? I think very much so, because I think all three interact. Yeah. Um, so, so your spirit interacts with your soul, and your soul interacts with your body, and your body interacts with the world. And so taking maybe a small goal for each one, um, I think is a real great way to see massive change just in a year's time. Um, and the thing is, people get scared because they, they think they have to go big, but maybe it's as simple as, hey, go for a walk every day, hmm. um, read read something that teaches you something, yeah. and then also spend more time in prayer and scripture and spending time with the Lord. Um, that's Those are three easy goals. They hit each aspect, and at the end of the year, it really adds up and, and provides a big change in your life. Uh, very good suggestions there from Mike Sonneveld. Some reasonable, workable goals, uh, goals that can be kept. And even if you've already set some ambitious goals and you've discovered you stumped your toe uh, trying to carry those out, uh, here's a place where you can go back and, and retool and move forward. Uh, sometimes we get to a new year and things don't look so good. We don't have very much hope. Uh, how do we regain that hope when we're so busy looking at the circumstances and seeing how negative they are. I I think it's going to sound cliche, 
But I think every Christian is going to identify with this, and it truly is keeping eyes on Christ. Hmm. And each of us is given a purpose. We're, we're given a duty, right? We're, we're, we're supposed to be obedient to the will of God, and we're the hands and feet of Christ. And so when we keep our eyes on Christ, and we keep faithful to what we've been asked to do, just even in our day-to-day, uh, everything going on around us tends to feel a little less powerful, a little less significant, um, because, you know, it, again, as cliche as it may sound, looking at Peter when he's out walking on the water, and the storm is tossing around him and the waves are high, hmm. he's got his eyes on Christ, and, and he's, he's walking in faith. And it's when he starts to look at all of the storm and the issues and the problems going on around him that he starts to lose that faith, kind of start to sink, he's, he's weakening. Now, the beauty of it is Christ reaches out, and, and Christ grabs a hold of him. Yes. And we can have such faith and, and assurance that Christ is not going to leave us or forsake us. And I think sometimes we get so tied up into the day-to-day of the political and, and the divide in the nation and the wars going on that we forget that we're, we're His. We're part right. of His kingdom. We are, we are sealed in Him, and we can have assurance that He's got us one way or another. Mm. And, and all we have to do is be faithful in those small steps each day with Him. And just walk it out with him, and you find a lot more peace and contentment in life. There's another verse that that I really like. It's found in 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 14. And uh, I, I won't try to quote it right now, but basically it talks about hope as an absolute certainty about the future based on an absolute certainty about the past. You know, we have a tendency to say, I hope my football team wins the national championship. You know, that's that's a that's a that's not a certainty. But this absolute certainty about the future... One day we'll be in the presence of the Lord and we won't have uh, suffering. We won't have financial problems. We won't have pain. We won't have any of those kinds of things. Uh, And that's all because of an absolute certainty from the past. That is that our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, three days after he died on the cross, rose again from the dead to guarantee us eternal life. And, you know, Mike, I can't help thinking we may be talking to someone that maybe has not come to the place in their life where they have that absolute certainty, that hope about uh, that eternal future that we need to have. How can they come to that place of hope? Right. Every single person who does not have relationship with Christ needs to decide for themselves, can they get to heaven without Jesus? Hmm. And can they do it on their own? And we can't. But the beautiful part of it is, is that he he did everything he needed to himself on the cross for us. It was the ultimate act of love. And I think, you know, for those who are listening who they're really struggling and they don't know where to turn and life looks dark, or even those who are comfortable Christ loved you so much that he gave up himself 
for us so that we could be reunited with God, so that we could have relationship with God, so that we could have eternal life. But the only way to get that eternal life is through Jesus Christ. Yes. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one may come to the Father except through me. And so we have to decide, is that true? Um, and, and frankly, it is. And I'm telling you, to accept Christ, the gift he gave, and to follow him. And, and what, your life will never be the same, mm-hmm. and that's a beautiful thing. And what a wonderful way to start the new year. It's still early enough in the year. What a difference it can make to have that personal connection with Jesus Christ. We'll be back with more after a brief word from our sponsors. And don't forget to listen for Dawn's live weekend talk show, Encouragement Live, heard Saturdays at 7.05 p.m. Central Time on American Family Radio and other radio stations around the country, as well as on the worshipchannel.org. Christian psychiatrist Dr. Frank Minareth was a frequent guest of Encouragement for You host Don Hawkins on his radio broadcast over the years. In this segment of Encouragement for You, Dr. Minareth talks about the Bible, behavior, and brain chemistry. Let me give you just a few questions here, Don. Um, Can people overcome months and even years of depression and anxiety? And if so, how can they do that? Can people overcome an unstable mood and be stabilized once again? And here's, here's even a more important question, Don. Can people once again be effective for Christ? Don, the answer to all of those, of course, is yes. But then the question is how? How can we weave all this together, the Bible, behavior, brain chemistry? How can we weave it together? Well, I'm, I'm going to uh, go through how we did it. Uh, let me just start with Psalms 119, 911. We're going to share three three passages here real quickly, and then we want you to sort of hold those in your mind, and we're going to come back and sort of weave those together. Yeah. But Psalms 119, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way, by taking heed thereto according to thy word? Thy word have I hid in mine heart, that I might not sin against thee. Powerful, powerful statements on the Word of God's impact on our behavior and helping us to live correctly and even think correctly. And then, Frank, from the New Testament, the Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, literally God-breathed, and is profitable for doctrine to teach us what to believe, for reproof to tell us when we're wrong, for correction to get us back on the right track, and for instruction in right living to help us stay on track, that the man or woman of God may be perfect or mature, full-grown, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Don, one more Old Testament passage, Proverbs four twenty and 22. My son, attend to my words, incline thy ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Mm. Now, Don, one thing we do is we use the Word of God. Yeah. There's a thing in, in psychology called retroactive interference. Yeah. People say, you know, you, you don't know what all I've been through. You don't want to know what all I've been exposed to. You don't know what all is in my mind. Well, through Scripture memory, Don, people people can can alter 
earlier learning with later learning. So by memorizing scripture, it can alter what's already in your brain. You can program over bad programming. It can be done. So you put people in a warm, kind, uplifting, happy environment, give them scripture and, and help them see how it's encouraged you. Then it can begin to alter, Don, who they are. It can alter their own brain chemistry. Yeah, it's amazing the power of the Word of God to transform both your brain chemistry and your behavior. Well, Don, you and I have both done that for years. We'll yes. memorize verses, we'll share them with each other, and it changes who you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, Don, the, the second step is behavior. Mm-hmm. Now, this is nothing new, really. Genesis 4, 6 through 7. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Lord said unto Cain, Why are you angry, and why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will not your countenance be lifted up? And if you do not well, sin is crouching at the door, but you must master it. See, Don, the key is behavior. Yeah. Um, if, if, you know, God points, out, points it out very, very early. It's interesting that one of the probably three major schools of psychology has to do with behavior. Pavlov, a Russian in the early 1900s, said that if you took an unconditioned uh, response and you, you conditioned a conditioned response with it, then you would get an unconditioned stimulus and a conditioned stimulus. It was Pavlov's famous experiment with the dog. But he was just saying that through behavior, people can change. You can encourage people. Don, God does that for us. You know, when we walk with him, then, then he rewards us. Mm-hmm. And, and so behavior, you look in Scripture, over and over again, yeah. God will point at behavior. I think even over insight, He'll point at behavior because it's so concrete. You know, Frank, as I think about this whole issue of behavior, a lot of this comes down to choices. And uh, we make choices that lead us into healthy behavior or choices that lead us into unhealthy behavior. And the more uh, we can reinforce those healthy behavior choices, uh, the more likely that uh, good behavior is to be there. Uh, Jesus told his disciples in the upper room, if you know these things, you're happy if you do them. Uh, So it's not just a matter of what we know. It's a matter of choosing uh, the right behaviors. And when we don't choose those healthy behaviors. When we choose behaviors that are contrary to the Word of God, Frank, there are consequences to be suffered. That's true, Don. And the last point here are the brain circuits themselves. So we have the Bible behavior in the brain circuits. Don, when a stimulus comes in through the eye or the ear, it goes into the brain, the frontal lobe. There are electrical circuits in the brain. These will be transformed, Don, into chemical circuits. Hmm. And ultimately, Downline is a chemical called BDNF that, that nourishes the brain cells, makes them healthy. And so if you put people in a healthy environment and you give them the Word of God, you encourage them, you put them, give them great behavior in time, and it may take time, even the very circuitry, who we are will change. And uh, so what do we do? We use the Word of God. We use encouragement. We use kindness. We use great, healthy, fun uh, behavior and activities, and we gave it time for it to take place, and the very, the very chemistry of their brain changed. Let's take some phone calls. Our first call, John, who's listening in Ohio. Thanks for calling us. How can we be of help? Well, uh, I have just, uh, I uh, suffer from a lot of the issues that you spoke about. I am uh, a recovering alcoholic and addict. Um, I have a dysthymia and a post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, I was raised in a uh, quote-unquote Christian cult for 18 years and uh, have had a lot of uh, issues as a result of that. I am a Christian. I have accepted Jesus as my Savior. I do consider myself saved, and uh, I have a strong love for God and um, 
righteousness, and uh, I just uh, have seemed to have a lot of trouble developing spirituality in my life because of the past issues with um, the uh, cult and stuff. So I have a hard time with organized religion, trying to find where I can fit in and worship God. Um, it seems like everything I try triggers some of the old stuff, and and I just uh, had heard you mentioned something about the retroactive interference, and uh, it seemed like something, you know, that would really benefit me. And uh, I just, I really don't know if I have any questions, just other than does it sound like I'm someone that um, your program is meant for? Boy, John, first of all, let me just thank you so much for calling us. You may not have had a specific question, but you described a situation that we are here for, and we want you to know that we are here for you. We're going to pray for you and pray with you. And Frank, the situation with somebody who's come out of a cult background and and who's also had a lot of addiction and other kinds of uh, just uh, family issues and background issues, carrying a lot of baggage and struggling to grow in grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ, that's the kind of person we love to talk to, right? Oh, John, we're so glad you called. And uh, yeah, this uh, retroactive interference is, is neat. And let me just comment on that a little bit. It's usually, uh, in most of the books, it'll be in, in, in psychology, it'll be under the area of memory. And so we know we can alter bad memories with new good memories. And, and I started off by offering some just some great scripture verses. One way to do that is to memorize scripture. So find little short verses, Bible verses, and, and memorize those. In a, in a book I wrote called A Brilliant Mind, it gives many, many little short Bible verses that are great to put in your, in your brain, sort of for balance and encouragement. And they're happy verses. You'll enjoy them. Uh, another way to retroactive interference is probably radio that you alluded to. So we, we try to give good balance and encouragement, and, and, and I think that's a good way for retroactive interference. Yeah. I mean, we're probably better than the 10 o'clock bad news, Don. Yeah, absolutely. I'd have to agree with that. <laughs> you know, another yeah. way mm-hmm. is, is find a local church. There are good churches, yes. John. Maybe you didn't have a good one growing up, but there are good ones, and Find one that loves Christ and, uh, and you know encourages you in the Word. Yeah. Uh, another way, just a good way for retroactive interference is to memorize just words. Buy some SAT books, and the brain is programmed with words. So as you learn uh, difficult words, it helps to it helps your brain to focus on just healthy education rather than unhealthy memories of the past. And then finally, just study a, a good study uh, is helpful. Uh, a little book I wrote in two thousand and five. Happiness is a lifestyle. Maybe that would give you some of that balance. Happiness, it's a lifestyle. Yeah. And chapter one is on discouragement. You'd probably like that. Chapter two is on is depression, seven things to do when you're depressed. And, and so there's a lot of little chapters there you'd probably like. Are you the type of listener we like? You bet, John. So I hope you'll yeah. keep calling us. And, and, Don, why don't you pray for John? Yeah. I'm, I'm thrilled he called us. Okay, thank Father, you. what a joy it is to talk with John. I pray that you would give him a vital, good, close connection, first of all, with you, that, uh, that he would know what it's like to experience a close relationship, a personal relationship with you, 
uh, in a meaningful way, in a day-in, day-out way. And uh, I pray, Lord, that he might continue to grow in grace and knowledge of you. And thank you that he's trusted you as his Savior and his sins are forgiven. Lord, I also pray that you give him connection with a healthy group of Christians, a group of believers who will care for him and love him and pray for him and pray with him and that he can share with and, and rejoice with and weep with. And Lord, I just pray that you'd open that connection. Thank you for listening to this episode of Encouragement for You with Don Hawkins, host of Encouragement Live Radio and author of over 25 books, including Never Give Up and Master Discipleship Today. You can find more about Don and his books at encouragementlive.org. Encouragement for You is a production of Encouragement Communications with the Salem Web Network and lifeaudio.com. Editing by Phil Gebers, production by Elizabeth Andrade. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. It really does help people find us. Let me take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on Encouragement for You. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Stay encouraged and join us next time for Encouragement for You. Hello, this is Dr. Doug Grotheis, host of Truth Tribe, where we seek the truth through reason and evidence about what matters most. And we are not tribal since truth is for everyone. Please join me at the Truth Tribe as I discuss the reasons for Christian faith, the Christian worldview, and moral issues such as abortion and gender ideology. To listen now, go to lifeaudio.com or search Truth Tribe on your favorite podcast app.